0: All right, hello and welcome everyone to another chat and learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella Marie and I'm excited to bring another beautiful mind from Buenos Aires to this conversation. Um, I have a beautiful guest speaker to introduce um, and I know that this topic is so relevant and so important, especially now. So I don't wanna waste too much time going over the introduction. I just wanna give uh, some quick housekeeping rules so that everyone feels comfortable and confident in this next hour. Um, I like to start off by saying, you know. The world is on fire right now. So I appreciate everyone uh, for taking the hour out of their, their day to be with us in this conversation. I know that you could be doing anything else but you're deciding to join in. And I just wanna say, I see you, I appreciate you. With that said, we believe in visibility. So feel free to turn your cameras on if you feel called to do so. As I was saying behind the scenes before we started recording, if you haven't showered, it's okay. I actually haven't showered today and it's great cause you can't smell me. We're doing this whole thing virtually. Uh, if your place is a mess or if you got your, you know, your dogs and cats running around the background, Uh, Put your virtual backgrounds on or just show the mess that you live in and be real. It's cool. I I like that, you know, these times are calling us to be more authentic. Um, I've muted everyone upon entrance, uh, but I can't stress enough. I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to hop off mute, uh, turn your cameras on, join the conversation. Uh, If anyone has any sensitive information and you want to be kept anonymous, uh, find me in the chat box under Mariella Marie. You can write to me anonymously and I'll flag that to our guest speaker. Uh, the last thing I'll say is that this is being recorded. So if you do hop off of mute, you will be featured in our live recording. And I know that said so that's the last thing, but I do want to say one more thing. Uh, we live in a world where everyone is multitasking. Uh, and this is a super, super important conversation. So I would I would invite you to be present with us so that you can participate and really maximize this hour. And then you can rewatch this video later on power to fly and you can take notes vigorously there. Um, Please follow us on socials and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with all the great chats. And I'm gonna now pass the mic to our guest speaker. Megan, let us know a little bit about yourself, how you came to know about power to fly. And we're excited to
1: Thank you. Um, well, my name is Megan, um, as you know. And I found out about Power to Fly. Actually, I attended a, another um, chat and learn session that was also hosted by Mariela um, by a colleague and friend of mine who also did something related to, to motherhood. And I thought this would be a great platform to begin this conversation, which I have a lot with a lot of my clients. I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a clinical social worker and an educator. And um, I work with a lot of women who are struggling to redefine their identities after becoming moms. Um, and I think it's just a really common uh, difficulty that we have, whereas we've like taken on this new, really important role and then it's like, but I'm still the person I was before, but now it's changed. So what does that mean? Who am I now? Um, so I work, I don't work exclusively with women in in my coaching practice, but I work with a lot of women and a lot of moms and I'm, I just love that, that part of my work.
0: So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yes. And you're calling from Buenos Aires right now, but can you just, uh, give us a little bit, I don't, you don't have to spill all the beans, but tell us where you're originally from and kind of how you arrived to Buenos Aires.
1: Yeah. So I'm originally from, uh, the I lived all over the U S mostly in New York state, Um, But I lived for a time in California, I lived in New York City, I lived in Philadelphia, and about almost 11 years now I moved down to Buenos Aires. Originally, the idea had been to stay for a year and improve my Spanish skills, hopefully become fluent. And in that time, I met my partner now and kind of just ended up staying, you know, like extending it a little bit longer, a little bit longer. I really love Argentina. Um, But then um, I had a child with, with my partner and here we are. So it's become a permanent move.
0: Beautiful. And I have a similar, um, well, I don't have children. I, I've been here for about 12 years now. But it was like, that. It's like, I'm going to go for a year and then I'm going to go back to the States and like go to grad school. And I kept pushing it off. And I was like, I guess I'll stay here. And so, like, you know, so many more years later, I'm here still. And I love that we can share that uh, experience and also, you know, um, open up the world to especially folks in the States. Uh, I know that there's a lot of things going on in the whole world and especially in the States right now. That is, you know, this big influential power. Um, so I love that folks like you and I and a couple of other folks on the line as well, um, who I know also live in Buenos Aires, who are originally from the States, um, are able to you know, share themselves with the world and discover the world. So um, let's let's pass that on and, and, and encourage folks. Uh, with that said, we've got folks calling uh, from different places. I'd love for you all to write in the chat box where you're calling from, so I can give you all the shout outs. Um, and we're going to take your questions one by one, the questions that you have submitted offline, which are Really great. Um, hopefully we get to all the questions, uh, but I do wanna leave time for you to you know, vocalize your question and, and take yourselves off of mute or write in the chat box. So feel free to do so whenever you feel called to. So Megan, let's start with this first question here. If this is your question that you see on the screen, again, come off mute, write in the chat box. I'm gonna sound like a broken record. Uh, Sorry, not sorry. And if this is not your question, feel free again to come off mute or write in the chat box because we'd love to hear from you. So Megan, why do we seem to lose ourselves as women after we become mothers?
1: Okay, this is a great question to start with because this is kind of the it, it it sums up what this whole chat is about, right? So, to many of us, this is one of the most important roles that we've ever had in our lives, right? And be throughout the process of becoming a mother, we each of us goes through our own personal transformation, um, and the, it's the creation and birth of a new identity. Um, we also experience this intense. Um, love for this other being and a huge responsibility and and desire to like do it right um so we tend to throw ourselves in completely to to this role of of being mothers and and while that's it's something that i think most mothers are really passionate about. it also the problem is, is that at the end of the day it doesn't leave a lot of time left over for you as an individual as a person. um then we're also dealing with societal pressure to be a certain type of mother and we get all kinds of mixed messages about what that is, you know. be your own person, have a great career, have it all, be a stay-at-home mom, don't be a stay-at-home mom, that's not good enough, that's not um the right thing to do. you know, we get Bombarded with all kinds of messages about what it means to be a mother, um, so I think at the same time we also feel like what we're doing is never enough, and we're often judged for the choices that we make, no matter what they are. Um, so, if you want to just click to the next slide, this is one thing that I think is really important um, for each person to to really take take in: is I am enough um so as we begin on the journey of rediscovering ourselves as individuals i think this is really important to keep in mind i am enough so we're all doing the very best that we can with the tools that we have and the important thing is that like the intention to do it well is there um but to be a good mom it's the the intention to do that is there and and that's wonderful um but I think that this idea of needing to like come back to, to finding yourself and figuring out who that is now and how it's changed is a really important part of the process that we also have to not lose sight of.
0: Absolutely, and I love that you speak about this um, from, a, from a more holistic perspective and how it is a process and how, especially, I mean, I'd love to hear you dive in deeper on like how societal pressures and societal norms have uh, really numb the beauty of motherhood. And I, I see that I'm not a mother. And I see that I see my friends struggling to meet these status quos. And, you know, um, I see the sadness that occurs from that or the the, the the separation, you know, that comes from that. So I'd love to hear you speak just uh, in your experience and in your perspective why have things come become this way I mean we're we're living in in 2020 oh my gosh I can't believe it's about to be 2021 um how how did we get here how is it that we have to that it's not from the jump like we know ourselves and then we you know extend outside of ourselves kind of like we have to come back and remind ourselves I love to speak about the the at least the the public education that I had in the states, we often learned the A side of history, and there's always a B side, right? And I find that on the B side, you have these uh, archetypes and these untold stories and underheard voices that could potentially help women and families become, you know, more balanced, I guess, and and just ex- uh, at least be able to. Um, to not pay so much attention to this to, to the societal pressures. Uh, I'm blabbering but I just I would love to hear you speak about that like how have we arrived to where we are today and then if you want to do some you know bonus points how can you how can we avoid uh um kind of being even more disconnected in 2021 as as parents and then as the community that supports the parents? I know I'm putting a lot on your plate, so take your time to respond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Whew>. Um, <laughs> so, well, I mean, I, I will definitely say I, I absolutely don't have all of the answers, right, um, of how we got here. But I, I think that a big part of it, of course, is that the, our role as women has changed so much over time. And I think a lot of people tend to think, oh, well, we've come so far, but I mean, still, there's quite a lot further that we need to go in order to be cons- uh, kind of um, equal members of society, right. Um, so. There's the a lot of the societal messages that I think that we that we hear all the time is is this pressure to do everything to kind of be super women. So you have to have you're you're judged for having a career because you're not spending enough time with your children, but then you could also be judged just as harshly for being a stay at home mom. You know, oh, that's not really a job and, you know, that's not important enough. And so it's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. There's so many contradictory messages. Um, And I'm sure every mother here is nodding their head. I mean, for those that are in Argentina, we... uh, Argentina tends to be a place where a lot of people really share their opinions quite openly, and so I remember as a young mom hearing a lot of things from, you know, uh, little old ladies <laughs> walking down the street. You know, like you know, don't do that, do this. Um, I even had a man actually talk to me about breastfeeding on the bus when I was pregnant. So I mean, like, there's all different people throwing their opinions at you all the time. And so I think the important thing that we can do is just try to um, center ourselves and decide what's really important for you, for your child, for your family. And then just I mean, try your best to just go with that because unfortunately there's not really much we can do about all of these different societal pressures. It also has to do with how we were raised, what kind of family we came from, what school we went to, what area of the world we were from, little town, big city, what were our representations of motherhood and women in our lives. So, I mean, there's so many different factors. So I think at the end of the day, the best you can do is come back to the core of what your values are and what your family values are and decide, you know, what, how do I want to do? What's the best thing for me? How do I want to form my family and form my life, not just my family, but my life as an individual. So that's what this chat is about, right? Not just, you're not just mom, you're more than that
0: yes beautiful and we've got folks writing in the chat i sure i'm shaking my head and then so true um the the paloma who writes so true i know that she's in buenos aires and i also found it very refreshing and also of course when you go when you live in a different country full time for years you, the culture shock it becomes normal but at first it's like great women are breastfeeding on the bus and nobody's being a creep i mean I don't know if that you know, is, is normal in most places in the world, but at least where I come from in the States, uh, people didn't re- even really ride the bus in Los Angeles. So less you know, feed their, their children on the bus. And I just found so much courage in these women. Um, and so, yes, it's, it's great to talk about uh, just coming back to yourself and what do you want? So thank you, Megan, for, for highlighting that. Uh, let's move on to this next question here. Do you have any tips on managing the anxiety that comes with motherhood?
1: yeah um good question so anxiety is um is rooted in fear right anxiety is about fear but it's also marking something that is important to us so i i think one of the the best ways to kind of cope with anxiety is to really take a deep dive in about what is that anxiety really about um so what i what i mean is when i say that it's about something that's important to us it's generally there's there's i think we can talk about anxiety in two different ways so i want to kind of mark the difference between anxiety in the clinical sense so we often throw around words like oh i'm depressed um, or I'm, I, I have anxiety. So there's actually a difference between um, anxiety in a clinical sense, which is something that if you are um, struggling with that, that it might be something that you might wanna consider seeking therapy for, because that's something that actually is goes a lot deeper than just being able to analyze and, and kind of put logic to it. But if we're talking about something that most people, a lot of people use the word anxiety for, which is more like worries, fears, or concerns, then that is something that we can kind of take a deep dive on and say okay well what are these what are these fears about that i have what am i actually worried um, let's go a, a bit deeper and look at what is the underlying fear that i'm dealing with here so sometimes that can be really obvious and sometimes it's not so obvious so you might think well my underlying fear is that i just want to be a good mom and i'm not sure that i'm going that i'm really doing that Um, and maybe you're hearing one person say you should be doing something this way and the other person saying you should be doing it this way so is it about being a good mom or is it about worrying about this person judging you for doing it your own way you know so kind of taking a deep dive in what that anxiety and or what those concerns worries and fears are really about Um, and I think taking time to really do that deep dive. Maybe maybe you can write about it. That oftentimes helps me to kind of organize my thoughts. Um, and then another thing I, I really like is actually looking for a support Group, like a support network of women, um, and being able to talk to other moms that are going through the same things. And it just having other people to bounce ideas off of. Um, you might not be able to find anybody who's going to give you the answer to anything, but it's just nice to have like a truly supportive network. And I, so I'm talking about somebody who's going to be like listening and empathetic, non judgmental, not somebody who's going to be like telling you what to do and expecting you to follow their advice,
0: but true support. And I've seen that through my sister uh, raising my nieces and uh, just, I mean, the di- the, the, the the duality, uh, the dichotomy of like, what it is to be a mother in our modern world is so fascinating, it's crazy. Um, and I just have so much respect and, and love for, for mothers, especially these days. Um, and she found so much refuge in these groups that she would find uh, years ago on like Facebook groups. Um, because if, if my niece wasn't eating, she didn't force my niece to eat. And she didn't want to feel like she was being a bad mom, because it was like, it's either I force her and she has has a really bad time. So she, or, you know, or the other options, and she would be able to find refuge in these groups. And, and, and how many women would be like, yeah, mine didn't either. And there's no judgment. And there's more of this, you know, community that, um, I guess, now with digital communities, it's, it's more helpful because you don't have to live up to other you know people's standards and your, in your you know maybe your neighbors have different ways of raising kids that you don't agree with but you can find your your tribe so to speak and i'd love to hear you speak more about you know the importance of i mean well actually can you speak about isolation because now we're in this this time globally where, where folks are really you know talk about anxiety or depression and these really big words that are coming up um, now especially with this you know heavy um reality of isolation. Um, can you speak about that and how maybe you know mothers can uh navigate through these times?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I think that right now isolation is is a whole nother topic. I mean, I think talking about feeling isolated as a mom, when I be I my son is now going to be turning six next month. So I've been a mom for almost six years. And um, I absolutely felt the the burden of isolation in in the beginning of his life, and it, and it was kind of self inflicted isolation in a lot of ways. I realize now, looking back at the time, I didn't think of it in that way. But I think that now, with the the pandemic and, and quarantine, and in each country is in a, in completely different situations. So I recognize that we have a lot of different. Um, and and maybe even within countries, right? For those of you that are in the US, there's different things happening in in different regions, Um, but that takes it to a whole nother level, right? So we've got like the, the isolation that can go along with motherhood, especially new mothers who are just new mothers, first time mothers, um, who are worried about being judged. They're worried about not doing the right thing. Maybe they don't have any friends that are moms or any family members or the, the people that they have in their lives that are in that role. They're, they're not as supportive as they would like and they're feeling judged. Um, there's, I think there's a lot of worries about being, being judged. Um, and so right now with the difficulties of, of connecting in person, I definitely think that the virtual option is a good one. Um, I know everyone's probably pretty sick of, of being virtual these days and so thank you to everyone that's here actually because I know that sometimes it can be exhausting to have to be in front of the screen all the time, but um, it's also like that's what we've got right now in a lot of cases. So um, leaning on that, I think is, is, um, is really important. And, and taking it you know day to day. I think motherhood also is a lot about flexibility. So it's like if you're burnt out on virtual and you need some time, okay, you can take that time and you can take a step back. And if you're needing that support, then you know you can go into it full on and you decide what's right for you.
0: Beautiful. And I just want to shout out uh, where some folks are writing their calling from today. So we've got Amsterdam, Argentina, uh, the UK, so if you haven't written yet in the chat box, we'd love to know where you're calling from. Um, and also I would love to know where you are in your journeys, if you, you know, how, how old are your children? Do you not have kids? Are you thinking about it? So that Megan can really dive in deeper on some of these questions uh, uh, that you all have submitted offline and, you know, as it pertains to your your journey. Um, we've got Uruguay also representing, hello and welcome, awesome. Okay, so let's, um, let's move on to this next question here. I feel like old self pre-kids, that's so unrealistic. How do I begin to weave these different parts of me together and define who I am now?
1: Okay, good question. Um, yeah, first of all, I, I absolutely agree that it's, it's impossible to go back to what you were before. So, right, we already talked a little bit about this idea of that as be- becoming mothers, that we've all gone through a transformation. Um, and the new part of our identity as mother is extremely important, but also it's important to to honor who we were before we became mothers. So it's not just like a throwing out of the old identity and embracing this new one. It, it has to be what this person talked about when they wrote their question, it's a blend of these things. Um, but there are some very real um, things that we need to consider that, um, you know, if you want to think about who you were before you had a completely different life before you became a mom, you know, you had all the time in the world to do pretty much whatever you wanted. And now, um, like the reality is, is that a mom's like, uh, like amount of free time that she has to be able to do whatever she wants is very limited. Um, so I think it's kind of like taking an inventory of what are the things that are really important to me to, to take forward. Like, what are the things that I really want to continue with? And what is something that I can set aside for now? Right. It's motherhood changes as we go along. When you have a very young baby who sleeps all the time, you might end up finding that you actually have more time than you thought, or you might have a colicky baby doesn't sleep at all. Um, and then that child grows and they start school. And then, you know, so there's, and then there's adolescents that don't even want to talk to you. So you've got, you know, the whole range of different things happening. So, um, I think that you can ask yourself, how have I changed uh, um, as a person? Um, what about my old identity do I want to hold on to? And then what am I ready to let go of? I think that at the core, um, who you are at your core and your and your values are, are probably not going to change that much. But the way that your day-to-day goes, the way that you spend your time is probably going to be extremely different. And so you need to be thoughtful about you know, how do I want my life to look right now? Knowing that it will change and that you will have more time eventually, but it might be years, <laughs> realistically.
0: And I love speaking as time and the understanding of, of time as this continuum. Let me, you know, you don't just, you don't turn 29 and then 30 the next day or, you know, with whatever age you're you're growing into. Um, it's, a, it's a continuous process. And so of course, uh, looking at motherhood that way in this more holistic way of transitioning and being open to that change. Uh, I love that you're highlighting that. Uh, I just wanna flag some some things that folks are writing in the chat box, Megan, so that you can see where where folks are on their journey. So we've got someone calling from uh, Uruguay uh, who has a 12 year old, an eight year old, and a three year old. Then we have Jenny calling from Argentina, two kids, seven and almost five. Becky, I have two kids, five and eight. Anna, one child, five years old. Madeline, San Francisco Bay Area. I have a three-year-old and 11-month-year-old. And then Leslie writes, two kids, age five and nine, but haven't found my way back to a happy, consistent, solid work life since becoming pregnant and moving abroad. Double whammy. Um, Do you have any advice or do you want to reflect on what Leslie just wrote? Two kids, age five and nine, but haven't found my way back to a happy, consistent, solid work life. Since becoming pregnant and moving abroad, double whammy.
1: Yeah, that that is a double whammy. <laughs> I can say because I, you know, I have a, a similar situation because I know that um, moving abroad. Well, I moved abroad as a as a single woman, so I I didn't have. I don't know if Leslie, your experience was to move abroad with kids, but I can imagine that adds an extra layer onto um, both being a mom and moving abroad. Um, and, and I think it is, it's a process, right? And I and I think that, again, this past year has also added a whole bunch of extra complications because not only um, are we dealing with all of the things that were happening in our lives before and how to balance time for yourself, time for work, time for your child, time for your partner if you have one, um, all of these different things. How do we balance all of it and make sure there's enough time for everything? Um, and then also... All the other just responsibilities that we have, but then on top of that, we've added a pandemic, which means that for for many of us, kids have been at home, and we've had to deal with the responsibilities of homeschool. So I feel like this last year has just kind of thrown everything into like into the air. It's just kind of a mess. Everything is kind of disorganized, and we're all in survival mode at the time at this time. Um, and so I think one of the things that's important, right? specifically about this particular time is just being really gentle with yourself and saying, you know, this whole idea again, going back to we're all just doing the very best that we can. Um, the reason that everybody here is connected is because this is something that's important to them. It's important to them to have their own identity and also to to be a good mother. Um, so just keeping that in mind and and you know celebrating yourself for doing the absolute best that you can.
0: I love that you're you are directing folks to be kind to themselves. And especially now, um, I think that's so important. And I know that we can get wrapped up in a lot of, you know, the, the noise of, of, you know, what our modern culture brings to us, especially now with social media and everything or most things going virtually now uh, and going digital. Um, there's a lot of noise. And that reminder that you just said, Megan, to come back and be kind to yourself. That is such a huge Responsibility because it's not easy. You have to remember. Remember some, you know, maybe put it in your calendar so that you can remember if it if it comes to that point, right? Um, but uh, and how just how it brings a breath of fresh air, even you know, if it's just for a second, that's that's better than it was before. And I love that you're bringing that that up um, to remember. So thank you, Megan. All right, let's move on to this next question here. I feel like my kids have overshadowed my own old identity. Uh, that when I do carve out time, I don't know what to do with it or how to enjoy it or, ident- or identify with the things I used to enjoy. How can I overcome this?
1: Okay, good. Um, so yeah, the, the whole idea about having less time is very real. So we've already touched on that a little bit as we've been talking. Um, there's a lot of different balls up in the air when you're a mom and you want to be doing everything really well, right? Um so, and I can absolutely relate with this feeling of not really knowing what to do with a time when I have it. I, I went through this and I've dealt with this with clients as well, where I felt, I feel like I had so many different ideas of all these things I want to do with my time when I get it. And then when it comes around, I either would spend it scrolling through my phone, like, you know, lose Just like for me, it was just lost time. It wasn't even pleasurable, um, or I would be like, between so many different things, I wasn't actually getting anything done. Um, So what I found has been really helpful for me and what's been helpful for some of the women that I've worked with is getting really intentional about how I'm spending that time because I know that it's limited. So even though it's not as fun and spontaneous, to get really organized and decide what you wanna prioritize. For me, that's what's been really helpful. So um, it's deciding, okay, what are the things that are important to me with the amount of time that I have? So whatever that is, let's say I've got um, an hour of time that I wanna use and I have my personal um, business or work project that I wanna do. And I also want to exercise or cook something or whatever, you know, whatever it is, whatever you, everybody has their own interests, right? So it might be saying, okay, well, this time I'm going to spend the entire hour working on my on my personal passion project. Um, or maybe I want to spend like a half hour doing that and a half hour reading a book or whatever, but just getting really intentional about how you're spending your time. And then maybe even going so far as to set an alarm to say, okay, that time is over. Now this time is beginning. Um, and it might feel strange to do that, but it actually will guarantee that you're able to use the time and the way that you intended. And it just doesn't end up being lost time. Cause I remember just feeling at the end of the day, feeling really down on myself and then starting to kind of, you know, get, you know, put myself down because I wasn't taking advantage of knowing that I had some time throughout the day and saying, but I didn't do anything with that. You know, instead of, um, saying, okay, well, I did my best. <laughs> I would start, you know, judging myself again for that. So this has helped me to get a little bit more organized with the, the free time that I do have.
0: Yes. And again, being kind to yourself. I mean, you were, you were saying I'm doing the best I can that that speaks volumes of, you know, at least giving your mind a little bit of peace uh, and not being so hard on yourself. Uh, I, I, Again, I mean, I, I'm just going to send this chat to all of my mommy friends so that they can <laughs> listen to this and remember, because I know that, like I said, there's so much noise. Um, and, and, you know, with you all having digital, digital natives these days, you know, your children are being born in this really digital space um, and how that is affecting us all. And hopefully, you know, we can have some intention throughout this whole you know, uh, technological development and how we are reimagining, you know, the world after, during and after the pandemic. Um, hopefully we can all remember to be more intentional about our time because otherwise we are, we are losing time. Uh, and I love that you're bringing that up to be intentional about that. Thank you so much, Megan. All right, let's move on to this next question here. It's a very thin line between feeling sane or guilty when you take time for yourself. Any advice on combating this?
1: Okay, yeah. So mom guilt is enormous. (laughs) Mom guilt is huge. We could probably spend an entire hour-long session just talking about um, mom guilt. And and it goes back to what we talked about before about these, uh, about what society has thrown at us, about what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a mother. Um, so I think one of the things that I think helps, to, helps us to cope with mom guilt is to start to reframe the guilt that we feel and remind ourselves, that, and, remind ourselves and remind others that we are human beings as well. <laughs> and we're human beings with needs. Um, we're individuals. We're not just in one particular role. Um, so one of the needs that we have as individuals is being able to have time that is just for us. Um, it, one of the other ways to, to reframe guilt as well is to um, think about the fact that we're remodel or that we're modeling behavior for our children when we take time for ourselves. So oftentimes we feel guilty about taking time for ourselves because we think that taking that time means that we are taking something away from them and giving it to ourselves. Um, we're putting ourselves before them. But actually, what we're, this is one of the ways that we model like healthy behavior for our kids. So when I think about um, how I want my son to to live his life, I want him to to make his needs known, to value his interests and his time, and be able to pursue his dreams. And I think the best, one of the ways that he learns this is um, by seeing me do that. And it also gives him, and I'm raising a son, but it would apply also for, for, for girls as well, is modeling this behavior is like, this is like women have multiple different roles that they take on. It's not just mom, it's not just worker bee, it's not just stay at home mom, whatever your role might be, but it's also a person with interests and with needs that have to be like your own separate being, you know, imagine.
0: (laughs) That's so beautiful. And I actually was having a conversation the other day. Um, I'm gonna be working with an alternative school here in Patagonia. Uh, and there was a, like an end of the year kind of party. And I was getting to meet some of the women cause I'm, I'm new to this town. Uh, and I realized that the, woman, that the woman that I was speaking to had has two kids, but they weren't there. And I said, you know what, that's really, I love that you came here without your kids. I'd love to hear like how that makes you feel or why. And you know, cause I, uh, you see, oftentimes you see the opposite and you see, you know the, the draining of energy and kind of that feeling like you have to be there because you are the mother she was she was saying i am a i am an individual i am a human being i need my time to myself and then just what you're saying your kids see that and they expect that you know for themselves as well they need time for themselves and i love that you know to the realization that we are individuals we are human beings um, and to give space in between our relationships, so that we can, you know, develop our crafts and pursue our our visions and all of on all of that. I love that, Megan that you are, you know, putting that there at, the, at as one of your philosophies. Um, and again, I, I had this conversation the other day with someone, so I feel like yes, this is great. You know, this is. This is also an uncommon story, at least in my experience. Uh, I, I usually have seen the opposite growing up and for probably for several reasons that again would take a whole nother chat, but, uh, but it's nice to see this uh, awareness uh, and also this responsibility to be individual and to, to think for yourself and have that time. Um, I wanna do like a follow-up question on this. Uh, for someone who is really having a difficult time finding that you know, alone time um, that solitude, uh, what's something they can start doing today? Yes,
1: that's, I mean, that is honestly, I, I, when I was reading through some of these questions, um, just before we started, I was thinking like, that's a big issue for almost every mom. I know it's not necessarily, um, how do I deal with the guilt, which is, you know, a a, a huge thing, but it is also, how do I even get the time to begin with? Um, and and, and that's a challenge. I think one of the upcoming questions um, delves into that. So it really depends on what your individual situation is, right? Because we're not all in the same situation. Some of us have extended family that might help us. Um, some of us have a partner that might help others are, uh, you know, single moms, and they might not have that same network. So it's kind of assessing the network that you do have and figuring out where you can ask for help. As women and as moms, this is one of the huge issues that I see is this inability to ask for help. And it all goes back to the, I need to be able to be a super mom. I need to be a super woman and be able to do it all. So therefore I can't ask for help because that shows weakness, that shows that I can't do it all. Um, And that's a really harmful belief. Because if we believe that we can do it all and we have to take everything on, um, then there's not gonna be anything left for us at the end of the day. Um, so I would say for those that are struggling to find time for themselves, is figure out a way that you can ask someone for help. And so, if you are feeling like you don't really have any options or anyone out there that can help, maybe you should you can think about whether or not you have a friend that might be able to come over and and watch your child or your children for a few hours a day, so that you can you can get the time. Um, oftentimes, it could be. Yeah, negotiating with your with the other person that you parent with so if that person is in the picture if you have an, a co-parent that's in the picture whether you're together with that person or not it doesn't matter but it's negotiating that time with that person I think that's really important in a relationship is to say I need this time and as women I mean just to say a, a generalization you know I I think I remember I was reading a, a book recently um and it talked about um like You know heterosexual women in you know a a relationship with a man and how little time the mother would have in in that situation compared to to what the man has and it was like you know 30 minutes a day free time for the woman and the man had like basically from work the time that they finished work on free time so there's this assumption that the mom is the one who's supposed to be taking on everything Um, and, uh, that's just not true. So it it needs to start with a lot of conversations. It needs to start with you asking for help. And if you don't have, um, you don't see a possibility, then start to kind of open up your mind and think about what other options there are out there. Um, and I think the option for, for some people of having, someone come and and stay with their kids for a little while and maybe you don't even have to leave the house maybe you can just be in the next room if you're you know feeling anxious about that then that's okay too but it's just finding whatever way works for you to just kind of carve that time out
0: okay I'm gonna ask a really important question because I've seen all of my all of my mommy friends uh navigate through this one way or the other and I know that it's a hot topic so finding time for yourself and giving your kid the technology and not feeling guilty. How do you, how do you navigate those waters? What can you recommend folks do and what's like the healthy, you know, uh, limit to that?
1: Yeah. Well that, I mean, that is a tough one because I think that's also really individual, right? I mean, I think the important thing as, as women and mothers is to, is not to judge because you really don't know what someone else is dealing with until you've, completely been in their shoes and even then you really don't know what they're dealing with because you don't have all of their past experiences in life so I don't like to really you know put any kind of definite thing um definite limit on how much screen time or anything like that or if that works for me and if you should do that or if not I think that each family has to just kind of find what works for them and um and that's going to look really different across the board and you know especially I know I've I've spoken to a lot of moms in this last year also struggling with this issue because their kids are getting a lot more screen time than they would normally like. And then they're dealing again, mom guilt is coming up because of this whole thing of like, well, I should be doing this, but I also have to work and, you know, they have to be doing something and I don't know how to manage it all. And no, (laughs) enough. I am... I think it's it's really important that each family just decides, you know, what is the best for them, and and you make that work.
0: Beautiful, thank you. I know that's a complicated question, but I know that it's a very real question. So I thank you for your response and 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 your integrity in that response. All right, let's move on to this next question here. How can we find time to work if we have no help? Yeah.
1: Um, so I can definitely re- definitely relate to this. Um, when I first had my son, I, I was working freelance, which was helpful, but um, my, I, because I'm living in Argentina, my family's in the United States and um, my partner's family don't live that close to us for various reasons they weren't able to, to, to help us out at all. Um, and we couldn't afford uh, childcare and my, my son was a baby. So I also wasn't comfortable at that point myself sending him anywhere and you know so there were there's a lot of different issues about why a person might feel like they have no help um might you might be a single parent as well and so so that's it's it's extremely challenging um I think without knowing more about this question and, and exactly where this person was coming from about writing it I would say you know you might want to consider, do you, do you want to work? Is is work something that you want to do? Is it something that you need? Um, I have a lot of friends who, a couple of friends who are stay-at-home moms who have chosen not to go back to work for various different reasons, but maybe one of the reasons being that, you know, their entire salary would go towards childcare. And so they thought, well, let me just take advantage of this time that I can be home with my kids and I'm not really saving or making any extra money by working anyway. So I may as well um, like take a pause on working. Um, so I think it's important for the person to, to consider. I'm not sure if they're coming from a place of really wanting to get back to work and feeling like they're not able to because they don't have that help and support um, or from, you know maybe again those messages that we hear it's like oh you should be going back to work you should be doing this um just to speak kind of concretely to the different options out there there you know um you could look into something with something freelance something part-time with very flexible hours um it could be possible to look look into your your work networks what you did before you became a mom Um, if you are interested in working to to talk to different people and say, you know, this is my situation, this is the availability that I have. I don't have a lot of help, so I'm limited, but I would like to get back into work. And do you know anyone who might be looking for someone to help them out with something, but where I can be a little bit more flexible about when I'm delivering what I have to do for work?
0: And I guess one of the the beautiful things about, um, you know, our modern world now is that, I remember when like this virtual assistant, role started appearing years ago. Um, and I'm like, wow, that's great. And I, and I would imagine, I mean, you know, there are so many companies organizations uh, going remote or looking for this part-time freelance remote work. Um, and so, you know, really maximizing that, uh, that demand, um, and using it to your benefit so that, uh, hopefully also finding something that you enjoy doing, uh, in, in order to, to make money and work. Um, I think that that's one of the beautiful things about these times where, where, you can be in in Germany and working freelance for a nonprofit, you know, across the pond uh, in another country um, and still have time to be with your kids. So thank you for for highlighting that as well. Um, All right, so let's move on to this next question here. What can I do to balance motherhood and also a demanding job? I want to do well at both, but feel it's one or the other.
1: Okay, good question. So I kind of, I, I want to challenge that belief that it has to be one or the other. Um, and, and that, you know, you can't do one well without neglecting the other thing. I think that motherhood is about constant change, um, as, as we've talked about, is that um, the there's, you might have from day to day, you're going to have different needs from hour to hour. So again, I'm thinking back to this past year of the pandemic and knowing that a lot of us have had additional needs beyond the, the norm of um, you know kids that might not might be struggling um, with being out of school and maybe needing to take more time away from work as you try to manage having your child right next to you as you're working and being with them. So I think a lot of us are really feeling this really intensely right now. Is this like, am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? Am I I'm, I feel like I'm split into. Um, because I'm trying to, I mean, not even bringing into the whole idea of having your own identity and your own time, but this whole thing about just dealing with motherhood and um, having your career. It is, it is really challenging, um, but I want to bring it back yet again to this expectation of women having to be 100% available at work, at home, um, for your partner, If you have one for your child, you're expected to be 100% available for everything. And it's completely unrealistic. Um, And I think that really takes us back to the core of this feeling of a loss of identity because we're expected to give and give and give and give in all of these different areas. And what does it leave at the end of the day for yourself? Um, So you have this feeling of needing to having to be able to do it all and with a smile and at the same time it not being enough Um, so one of the things that i really love doing with my clients is kind of changing the way they're thinking about um all these messages about not being enough which often can often come from inside ourselves right it's not just what comes from the outside Um, and talking with them about celebrating their wins. So what did you do that was great today? But what did you do that was good today? It doesn't have to be great. Um, so instead of focusing all of this energy on, oh, well, my kid had a Zoom call and we connected 10 minutes late or I forgot to get the materials that they needed for that, I screwed that up. Um, bought takeout instead of giving them a home-cooked healthy meal, uh, did that, you know, all these things. I didn't, um, I was only half paying attention to that meeting. So I missed this and that have to do with work and kind of like, we're always going through the list of all the things that we've done wrong, right? All, the, all of our failures, we're constantly berating ourselves, speaking generally, of course. So what I like to challenge my clients to do is to, to like flip that around. And at the end of the day, write down the things that you did really well, just really briefly, but make sure that you're doing it in a really intentional way that brings your focus back to that. So, you know, what did you do well with your, with your kids today? What was your, what, were, what was your motherhood win? Maybe it was, um, you know, our bedtime routine is really important to us and we write a book together and we had a really nice, like sweet moment, cuddly moment. And even though I ordered takeout and didn't provide a home cooked healthy meal, We ate that meal together and we talked about our day and we had a really nice moment. And at work, I, you know, I presented this job that I did, I felt really proud of. And I know I worked really hard and I did the best I could. So it's going through and like pointing out the things that you did really well. And I think that helps to, again, do this whole thing of reframing the story that we tell ourselves and bring it to positivity instead of staying in the negativity.
0: Yes. And putting those reminders. I love that. Uh, Because again, we can get lost in the sauce and especially, I mean, if you don't have kids, you get lost in the sauce. And if you do have kids, it's even, I mean, I can't imagine. So I love that you're saying, put a reminder in your phone, even if it doesn't feel natural at first, it's like just to stop that time, go into another time, be intentional about it um, and set these nice reminders. We often talk about um uh brag folders for for your work to remind yourself of like the good work that you've done so that if you want to do a career pivot or you want to move into another role you can share this brag sheet you know with yourself so that you remember I am worthy I don't need to fuel this imposter syndrome and these are the great things that I've done so I deserve this role and it's like yeah do that as a mother as well I mean because that's the first job that you have that's the first important you know you you're there you are that is your role, um, and so essentially, you're doing. You know, if you do anything uh, outside of, of raising your child, you're doing. You know, multiple roles, and to really see that as work, and to remind yourself, and have this bra- this mother uh, mother wi- motherhood win is what you called it. I love that that brag folder to remind yourself. Um, you know that you that you can be kind to yourself and have these like small wins or big wins. So thank you so much for for reminding again to be kind to yourself, to come back to yourself, and to not feed into any outside or inside judgment. I think that's so important, especially now. Yeah, So absolutely. We've got a, right, right. We can, <laughs> I'm sure we can dive in more on that as well. But we've got about 10 more minutes. So I want to get to some more questions here on the screen, but I just want to hold for a light pause to see if someone wants to hop off of mute if they haven't had a chance to do so before. So um, feel free to use this light pause to hop off of mute if you feel called to do so. Sometimes it works, sometimes the nudge is is needed. If not, we can totally uh, keep rolling with these questions here. Um, But keep in mind, we've got about 10 minutes left, so feel free to write in the chat box or you can hop off mute. Uh, Megan, let's move to this next question here. How do you deal with the guilt of not being there for your baby when you're focusing on your career?
1: Yeah, here comes the mom guilt again, right? So (laughs) it comes up in so many different areas, right? Um, so the previous question related to, to guilt was how to take time for yourself. And this one's now referring to, um, how do you, how do you deal with guilt about focusing on your career? Um, so all of the previous answers that we, that we talked about, um, before in relation to societal expectations about, um, about what a mother does about modeling behavior. So modeling, um, for, for your child that you have this other important thing in your life that you're also making time for. Um, those are all extremely true for this as well, for this question as well. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit about how we are defining guilt. So if you want to just click to the next slide, the next slide is, um, Guilt is the belief or feeling that you have violated personal or, so, or social norms and someone has been harmed by it. So I find that it's really interesting to kind of think about, this is obviously, this isn't the only definition of guilt, but in the type of coaching that I do, this is, this is how we define guilt. So it has to do with some kind of norm has been violated. So when we're thinking about why we feel guilty about something, I like to first think about that. So what norm are you violating? Is it a personal norm or is it a societal norm? Um, or maybe, maybe it's both. Um, and someone has been harmed by it. Who is the person who's being harmed by what you're doing? And so oftentimes in, in this particular question, we might be thinking, well, my child is being harmed. So we need to then assess is that really, do you really believe at your core that that is true? Do you really believe that your child is being, is being harmed or in some way negatively affected because you're taking time to focus on your career? And I know that that is really difficult to manage that and say like, well, of course I'm not harming my child, but I'm missing out and that's not right. You know, like this, there's like some kind of injustice there. Like it's not right that I'm doing this. And I think that's what a lot of moms struggle with is this, this, feeling of like yes but still I have the guilt you know and and I think the you know I don't think we're gonna be able to fix mom guilt I don't think we're gonna be able to get rid of it it's just an idea of how can we like better cope with it and it's kind of thinking about how to think about guilt in a different way and uh, say okay what is this about am I doing something that is is personally violating my own set of values and if that's true then maybe it's something that I need to step back on and say okay wait a minute like maybe I do need to reassess something here um and if it's a societal norm maybe we have to say well who cares you know like that doesn't align with my values and I'm not going to let this I'm going to choose to not let this control me today um and then also assessing the level of harm is this really something that's harmful or not
0: beautiful thank you for that i, I definitely um i love that you i often like to speak about emotional intelligence uh, on these chats and i just hearing your response uh, allows me to fl- reflect on that again because instead of just allowing your your feelings or maybe your, you know, the mindset dictates, you know, what the, what the next experience is going to be. You're sitting with those thoughts and reflecting with intention. Why do I feel like this? And is that true or is that not true? And really that's about just putting some space in your, like you said before, being intentional about your time. And also, you know, our thoughts help us be intentional with our time. So I love that you're, you're, you're saying we should reflect on that. Uh, and ask ourselves, is that true or not? And really, you know, uh, be present with that instead of just allowing it to accumulate and, and maybe, you know, hurt ourselves uh, with, with that guilt. So um, I'm bringing myself into the conversation because uh, Megan and I were speaking offline. Um, as you all know, I don't have any kids, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, I would love for our modern world to go back to the, the this notion of the community raises the kids, and not just the individual, because we are responsible uh, together for the future generations. And so, you know, let's let's provide support to our mothers, and let's you know be these models outside of motherhood, so that you know your nieces or your neighbors or you know your peers can can feel support, and also you know we can share some of that energy, and it doesn't have to be so heavy. So that's one of my philosophies as well. You know, I don't have kids now, but I do. Want to learn how I can participate uh, you know in the community of raising our kids uh, together not just being so uh, distant and, and separated um, so that's why I say we because I'm people are like, wait did you have kids or something I don't but I think that it would be nice if we could all just kind of have that mindset um, and, and it takes work especially if you don't have to you know if you if you don't have kids and you don't have that you know constant reminder uh, but to, to know that we are more connected uh, than, than we are separate so um, thank you for listening to that <laughs> explanation. But yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Maybe some folks will grab that, grab onto that philosophy as well. <laughs> Um, All right. So let's move on to this question. This might be the last question that we get to. And then I'd love for you, Megan, to leave us with some food for thought and then let us know how we can find you offline uh, and, you know, contact you. I know you say you work with clients, so maybe we've got some folks on the call or listening to the video that would like to reach out to you. So um, let's go to this question and then leave us with some food for thought and then let us know how we can find you offline. So how do I find a new career path after having kids and what things can I do to help find myself again?
1: Okay, um, so how, can, how do I find a new career path after having kids? Um, of course, it's gonna depend on, on a little bit on the person and without the background of the, the, the person who's asked this question, it's a little, diffu- a little bit difficult to go too deep with it. But I think some questions to consider are, do you want a new career? Are you interested in going back to your, your old career that you had before you, before you had children? Um, so just asking yourself kind of these questions. Do I want something new or do I really just want to get back in the game? And either way, I would say creating your, your network and, and getting online and connecting with people is a really important thing to do or even old school picking up the phone and uh, actually reaching out and, and talking to someone if you're brave. Um, but I mean, LinkedIn is a great tool to use, um, to, to connect with people and also to explore the different career options that are out there. Um, and to, if you're thinking about a career change, it might be, you know, connecting with people that you don't know, and that's fine. That's totally acceptable to do on LinkedIn and, you know, sending messages to people asking for advice. How did you get involved in this career? Um, and, and job searching there and just kind of seeing what else is out there um and uh what things can i do to to help find myself again um this is a great question i would say take time for yourself is is one of the most important thing no matter how small of amount of time that is having time that's just for you is super super important so how can you make that happen um th- that's a question that you need to ask yourself. How can I make this happen? Um, Who can I negotiate the schedule with? And by negotiating, I don't mean like asking permission. It's saying, you know, this is something I need. Let's make it into something concrete and not just say like, I'm going crazy. I need time for myself. It's saying, I need time for myself. How are we gonna make this happen with whoever that needs to happen with? Um, When, how long, what days, Let's put it on a schedule and and making it something that's really concrete so that we can make sure it actually happens. And one of the things that I also like to talk about is like asking for help is really important, but also being able to accept the help. So I've worked with people before who have said, oh, I've asked for help and my my partner um, has said yes, but then when it comes down to the time to actually accept the help, then they jump in with, oh, no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. Like I can take care of it. And it was, it's really difficult sometimes to take it to that next level and, and take that time for yourself or accept that help that you've been offered. Um, and, and I mean, there's so many things. I, I, I see the time ticking away and I see that it's already six, but I would just say that, um, you know, connecting with others, connecting with um, other people, family, friends is really important now more than ever, finding a way to connect in whatever way works for you um, messages, calls, um, if you're able to meeting in person, if that feels safe to you. Um, but yeah, not, not being by yourself and on your own.
0: Beautiful. And then how can we find you and support the good work that you're doing? And maybe, you know, ask about how can we become some of, you know, your, your future clients?
1: Oh yeah. So if you want to click actually to the last slide, if, if anyone, I think it's the one just, Yeah. So these are just some of the main takeaways. If 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 you're interested or if you if you want to remember this, you can you know like take a screenshot or even like take a picture with your phone if it's something that resonates with you. It just has a few of the different highlights, which I won't go through again because of time's sake. Um, but there at the bottom you also have my Instagram and my email. And either way is a great way. I also have a Facebook page with by the same name, Empowered Mamas. And um, in 2021, I'm actually going to be launching a group coaching um, around all of these different topics. So around um, like identity and motherhood. So if you're interested in that, then you can also just like send me a quick email and I can put you on the list to find out more information about that.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm going to definitely send this off to some of my mother friends or soon to be mommy friends. Um, and Megan, thank you so much for sharing time and, and your, your knowledge with us today and your passion and your integrity and your reflection. I love um, hearing, you know, this perspective of motherhood. So again, I, say, I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to send this off to my mother, my mother friends. Um, and thank you all for joining us in this past hour. I really appreciate you. Thanks for writing in the chat box. Um, and I will see you all in the next chat and learn. Thank you, Megan.
1: Thank you.